Today's sponsor is EveryPlate. Initially, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that they were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, EveryPlate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste, you know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. Every plate helps me do just that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in about 30 minutes or less. You can choose between 17 recipes that change every week and swap proteins and sides to your liking, so you can switch up dinner routines however you want. Every plate helps me experience more of my favorite things in life by saving me time and money, which means more money towards vacations, concerts, the list goes on. You can choose from classic plate, veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code SELFIE179. Again, that's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with the code SELFIE179. Today's episode is sponsored by Somavetic. Somavetic is a device that combines an Eastern approach to health and wellness with modern day technology. If you have a lot of devices in your home, as most of us do, then there are hundreds of signals floating through the air at any given moment. This is called EMF, and some people are really sensitive to it and believe that it can cause some not great things in the body as a result of all of these free radicals bouncing around. If you're concerned with the unwanted influences of electromagnetic radiation or geopathic zones, you'll appreciate Somavetic. Somavetic devices rely on frequency therapies and the healing powers of precious and semi-precious stones and metals to create a natural energy field to harmonize your home. It does this through the controlled release of energy from precious and semi-precious stones. It creates a 360-degree field with a radius of 100 feet in all directions. The founder of Somavetic launched these devices in 2011 as a response to his own ongoing health struggles. After years of no success with Western medicine, he turned to traditional Chinese medicine and found a variety of healing properties with stones and minerals. After some time, he was able to heal his body and has helped others as well, and his experience inspired him to create Somavetic. If you're interested in mitigating EMFs and creating a harmonic field in your environment, these devices are a great solution, and they are beautiful. Each device is comprised of their own semi-precious stones with unique properties. Somavetic is a small company, and all products are handmade and hand-assembled in their Crystal Valley, in the Crystal Valley of the Czech Republic. If you want to try Somavetic, they have a 60-day money-back guarantee to let you try. Visit somavetic.com and use the code SELFIE for 10% off. That's S-O-M-A-V-E-D-I-C.com with the code SELFIE for 10% off. Hey, everyone. I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves. We think self-care is important, but it can simultaneously be elusive. We don't lack information about it, but we don't always quite get there. So this podcast is dedicated to exploring different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious. We're looking at health, relationships, beauty, periods, and maybe a touch of the random. We also want to look at the hurdles we face that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. To submit questions to me or Rue, or to Claire, our beauty expert, or BJ, our resident therapist, join us in our private forum by searching Selfie Podcast Community on Facebook. Hey guys, well today we are going to be talking with Dr. Cynthia Hayes about toxic positivity and illness, and what not to say to your seriously ill friend. I know that 
a lot of us can fall prey to that temptation to say, well, it's not that bad, or at least it's not this, or, you know, everything's going to be fine. Um, and so she talks to us about how that can be hurtful. It was a really interesting conversation that I think everyone will find helpful, um, but especially as people we know are falling ill. Um, but first, I'm going to do a self-care check-in with Rue. Rue, how is your self-care going? Hi. Um, it is It is going well in that I have learned something about myself mm-hmm. and that I have discovered that I really enjoy novelty, which I think in the past I would have framed as being a bad thing. Like, oh, I'm trying cross-stitch now. Now I'm trying <laughs> XYZ. But I think it's a fun way to you know, learn new things. But in this case, I'm applying novelty to working out. Mm. And, you know, I've done CrossFit and CrossFit adjacent stuff and a spin class and a rowing class and all these things that, you know, pre-COVID, I would be happy to go and try. Mm -hmm. But workouts at home, especially because it's cold and you you don't want to go outside or I'm trying to get a workout in before going to work. And so I don't want to be outside at... I don't know, six in the morning when it's cold and dark. I have been doing workouts at home and a lot of, like there are all these fitness classes and I'll try some and if it's boring, I just can't make myself go through it. So I've discovered that novelty really helps me. And so I will try something until I'm bored of it. And then without guilt, I'll move on to the next thing. Yeah, that's great. That's Instead a good permission of, to give yourself. Yeah, I think we've all been, you know, there are all these challenges, like I'm going to do, you know, bar every day for 2021, or I'm going to do, you know, this this type of workout, or I'm going to run two miles a day. And I think all of those are great. I love challenges like that, but I I feel like I, I now know something about myself, and that thing is... I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to try something different. Yeah, yeah. So I I have been doing that and it has brought a level of joy, I guess, to mm. my workouts that I didn't have before. That's so cool. I am I'm excited about that. And of course, yeah. now I need to find more things. But um, <laughs> yes, no, I am excited about that. How about you? How is your self-care going? Well, we um, at the beginning of the year added sort of a new thing for our family, which is that we joined an aquatic center. What that means is that we have like 100% free access to kayaks and stand-up paddle boards and canoes and an assortment of, you know, man um, paddled boats. That is so fun. Yeah. So we have been kayaking a lot. Like we're a kayaking family now, which is new. Um, but it's like, it's great because it's one of the few kind of sa- really safe things that we can do right now. Um, not all of my kids are as into it, but India has really taken to it um, to the point where she's begging to go every day. Like, can we go kayak? Can we go kayak? But it's really peaceful. Um, I've kind of figured out how to take my phone out with me, not so I can be on my phone. You can't because you, you know, you need both hands, but I figured out how to take it out in a waterproof thing so that I can listen to music or listen to an audiobook while I'm paddling, which oh, feels nice. very zen. Um, and so, you know, it's a decent workout. It gets you out in the sun. Um, and it just, yeah, it feels like if I can do that a couple times a week, it definitely feels like it improves my mood and my outlook in general. So that's been really good for us, I think. I feel like that's what your walks used to be. 
For sure. For sure. And I'm still trying to get the walks in, but there is something about being out on the water that just feels especially zen. Are you sharing boats or are you in individual boats? Individual. Oh, that's cool. You can share. They have two man kayaks, but I think we all kind of, we all kind of like going off on our own. And, um, the place that it puts out to, you can turn left and it's only kayaks or stand up paddle boards. It kind of goes through a marsh. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can go right and then you're out on the bay with like boats. And so, it, you know, you have to be a little more careful. So it, because the kids really like to kind of do it and go off on their own, we'll go to the left side and then I just, you know, they'll go way ahead of me or, you know, we just all kind of split up and then meet back at a certain time. That sounds like such a fun thing to be doing during a pandemic. Yes. You know, it's just like a, 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 a different new thing. That's so exciting. I wish, I wish I had access to that right now. That sounds really fun. Well, and then, you know, my kids are all pretty much out of sports right now. My, um, my oldest chapter, he can go to football practice, but it's only conditioning. And so they're not, you know, there's no contact allowed. Like California is still, we really have no sports happening right now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm signing my kids up. This aquatic center does a rowing camp over the summer where, you know, you're on a, you're, they wear masks, but you're in a boat and like everyone's in front of or behind each other and outside. So that feels pretty safe. Mm-hmm. So they're all going to be doing a two week rowing camp this summer, which will be interesting. To see that if is, like it takes off for any of them. That is fun. I did. It was two years ago, and it was for a fundraiser. Um, the women's gym that I belong to. We were part of a dragon boat race. Yeah, and it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And if that was, you know, if 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 the climate uh, were, <laughs> were were better, um, I think that would be really cool to try. Our aquatic center also does dragon boat races, so I've thought about oh. trying that. I'm not sure if they're running right now, but yeah, they they do that as well, and it looks. It looks looks fun. It just looks like it's like people of all ages and just looks like a fun way to be active with other people. Yeah, there's like a lot of team camaraderie and, yeah. and you know, cheering each other on, which yeah. is fun. I love that. Well, what do you well, have for your two thumbs up? Well, I have um you know how it uh, how it is with us writers who try not to be pretentious but sometimes are. <laughs> I have um I really like a you know, a certain kind of notebook, certain kind of pen. I really like Baron Fig. Um, I feel like they're, you know, they, they've kind of came out maybe a few years ago and I've been supporting them since they launched, but they have really great notebooks. Really, they feel nice. It's beautiful paper. They also have something called a tracing notebook, which mm. I was using all last year because it felt so meditative. It's just these, you know, cute drawings in blue and then you outline them with a pen which seems really, you know, um, it's super simple, uh, but it is, it feels, it feels meditative if you've got music going or a candle and mm-hmm. it's just a nice way to unwind. Um, I will say that I do not like their pens and they're expensive and they're not great. So, uh, heed my warning on the pens, but the notebooks. <laughs> Good to know. All of the notebooks are wonderful. So I have a link and we'll put it in the show notes. It's $10 off in order if you would like to try Baron Fig. And they have these special edition ones. And I thought of you, actually, I thought of India um, because they have special edition ones that is hand-drawn scenes from New York. Oh, fun. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're really cute. Um, I'll take one and it'll be, one notebook will be, I'll use one notebook for one project and another notebook for another project, or I'll take a bigger one and, and kind of carry that around with me. So I like that. And I also discovered 
patty wax candles on Amazon. I feel oh, like candles, yeah. they're the one thing that can get really bougie and expensive really fast. Um, but these are really reasonably priced and they come self-contained, which I really like. And the tins, um, they, they come self-contained and the, what do you call it? The, the jar, the, you know, yeah, ceramic jar has, uh, really cute drawings on it that reminds me a little bit of um, an artist named Jean Julien. Um, so this is, yeah, they're they're really cute. There's like one that's a thumbs up and other that's a heart. And um, the scents are really nice too. So I think they're pretty. And it's one of those things that I would keep on my desk even after. Like they look, they look pretty on my desk too, yes. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Which I think, I mean, is as like – random as that sounds I do think having a pretty notebook because you write in your you know I mean if you're like me you write on it every single day and it usually is sitting out like mine never gets put away and like having it be pretty I do think I, I think it really helps I really do it is it's like a it, I feel like looking at pretty things is a form of self-care in a way like looking yeah. at a beautiful piece of art or having a a nice looking candle that smells nice with a yes. notebook and a pen that feels good like all of those things that kind of appeal to your senses i totally I'm, agree i'm for it yeah well how about you what are your two thumbs up okay well my first one and i have admitted this before but i basically am like a child and if i'm going to take a multivitamin or any vitamin <laughs> during the day it has to be a gummy or i won't do it so i just have gummied or chocolated out my entire repertoire of supplements because I'm just more motivated, you know, like I want the candy. So <laughs> I found these collagen bites, which I also have been trying to do collagen. It's it's good for your stomach if you have any IBS issues, which I do. So I've been trying to do collagen, you know, most of it comes in a powder that you mix into a drink and it it's not the best. But I found some chocolate bites that are clean collagen chocolate bites. They're from a company called Source. They basically taste like M&Ms. You eat two a day. Ooh. So it feels like – literally feels like I'm eating two chocolates a day and I'm getting my collagen in for I the day. love that because I bought that super expensive – you know, the blue canister, that one that like every – Instagram influencer has yes. of the collagen powder. And everyone, everyone's saying, Oh, it's tasteless. I drink it in my coffee every morning and it's tasteless. It, it's like drinking bone broth in your coffee. Yes. <laughs> it is not, it is not good. Yes. Whoever's out there lying to people, shame on you. It is not, it, it tastes like bone broth. So, uh, I gave up on it. I said, forget it. I'm not going to drink this every morning, but this I will check out because that sounds much more doable. It does not taste like bone broth. I promise. It does not. But yes, I agree. Collagen, it can also get a little gummy in your drink, you know, like a little Ugh, gelatinous. Yeah. So yeah, it's much better as a chocolate. And then my second one is just a TV show. Um, but it's one that I had actually never heard anyone else talk about. Um, we just randomly stumbled upon it on Netflix, but it's the Durrells in Corfu. It's a PBS masterpiece theater. <laughs> A little bit nerdy, but it's, it's actually a really sweet show. And it's the, it's the story of a widow who has four children. Three of them are teenagers. So it feels very on the nose for me. Mm -hmm. Um, they're English and it, it takes place in like the, 40s, I believe. Oh. Um, so it's kind of a period piece too. Um, but they all move to Corfu in Greece, um, because she's struggling financially and it's just, 
It's really sweet. And the costuming is amazing. The scenery is amazing. You know, I mean, it's just it's very much like a PBS period drama. But it's just it's a sweet family story. All of the characters are funny. It's humorous. Um, The mom, you know, she's single. And so she, you know, has a couple love interests. And I don't know, it's a really good show. I I like it a lot. Did you get into Bridgerton? I did. I did watch Bridgerton. Although it, I don't know, it kind of it kind of drove me crazy. It, it did. Like, I hate shows where there's just like a lack of communication, where if two people would just freaking talk to each other, every all of the tension would be resolved. Yes, I you know? feel this way about movies as well. Like, yeah. just tell her yes. that it was an accident, and she walked in on something else or whatever. Right. Yes, there is a lot of that. There is a lot of that in there. Yeah, I mean, I loved it for the scenery. And for the costumes, I loved it for all of that. But and it was, you know, I, I did feel it was very Shonda Rhimes, which I like Shonda's stuff, but I also do feel like it can get a little schmaltzy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? Like just a little, yeah, um, unrealistic. No. Well, I and this sounds incredibly petty, but in every scene, I was distracted by Daphne's bangs, <laughs> totally, just completely distracted, yeah. and I. I'm not convinced that that was a popular hairstyle. I, you cannot convince me. And it, yes, I was super distracted by that, but I really liked, um, Lady Danbury. Yes. She is my favorite. And she, if you've not watched it, I'm not really giving too much away. She hosts this like underground, cool, like ladies gambling event, like this yes. really cool party. And I, I'm like, the first thing out of the pandemic is I want to find someone who will throw that party so I can go to it. Oh, I my god! I would go to that party. I would, too. You're going to have to throw it. I, maybe I should. I know. We'll all, just, we'll all just play blackjack in period costumes and smoke cigars. Um, yeah, I will check this out because I, I do enjoy a period piece. So I will, I will check it out. So when I was a teen learning to shave my legs, my mom did not do me any favors by buying me really cheap disposable razors. If you grew up in as a teen in the 90s, you know the ones, and they left nicks and cuts all over me when I was trying to shave. So with two girls learning how to shave their legs right now, I am committed to making sure that they have good quality razors. Guys, I was probably well into my 30s before I realized the difference a quality razor makes. Today's sponsor is Athena Club. They have great razor kits that we have been using in our house for a couple months. The razor blades are awesome. They are surrounded by this water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid, so you get a silky smooth shave that actually leaves your skin soft and hydrated as opposed to stripped dry. And their blades are spaced out to let hair and shave cream pass through easily so you don't have to make a ton of passes going over and over the skin to remove the hair. Fewer passes means less irritation to your skin, which cuts down on razor burn and ingrown hairs. The razor kit is only $9 with free shipping, and it comes with two blades cartridges, a cute little magnetic hook for your shower storage, and your choice of a handle color. I personally chose the coral. But what I really like about it is they have a ton of different colors, black, white, pastel, neon. So if you have a big family like mine, everyone can have the razor in their own color so you don't get them confused. What I also love about Athena Club, you guys know I love automating things. You never have to worry about dull blades because they send refills on your schedule. 
You just choose how often you want them and they will send them automatically with free shipping. I would also highly recommend their cloud shave foam too. It's insanely thick and stays on while you shave so you don't have to reapply. It leaves your skin feeling very moisturized. It's really, really good. If you want to try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at athenaclub.com with the promo code SELFIE. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code SELFIE for 20% off. We've talked a lot about skincare on the show and specifically tretinoin. If you're not familiar, it's a retinoid, which is an active vitamin A derivative that's used to improve the texture, tone, and appearance of the skin. Today's sponsor, Dear Brightly, has a product called Night Shift, and tretinoin is the active ingredient in Night Shift. This is the only FDA-approved retinoid for treating photoaging, which is premature skin aging due to long-term sun exposure. Tretinoin stimulates collagen production to prevent and treat signs of premature skin aging from years of sun damage, things like fine lines and wrinkles, dark spots, uneven skin tone, and big pores. Tretinoin can only be acquired through a prescription, but it's 20 times more potent than the -the over-the-counter retinol products. It's one of the most well-researched ingredients with over 50 years of research behind it for both acne and photoaging. I had a chance to try Night Shift, and I'm really liking it. I have the unfortunate experience of having both breakouts and wrinkles at the same time, and it's great for both. I have seen my fine lines decreasing. I've seen my skin tone looking better, and it feels really nice. If you've used an over-the-counter retinol before, you know it's really great, but a dermatology-grade retinoid is even better. Night Shift is their dermatologist-formulated serum that's tailored to your skin by doctors online. Dear Brightly works by you first of all starting by sharing your skin story with them, then a doctor evaluates your skin and your skin history. They then tailor your formula and write a prescription, if applicable, and your tailored serum will be delivered to you in the mail. It's super simple and easy. Head to www.dearbrightly.com and enter the promo code SELFIE to get 15% off your first order, which is their very best offer. Offer anywhere. That's S E L F I E to get 15% off your first order at dearbrightly.com. We want to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors. In our Facebook community group, we talk a lot about eye creams. And Rue and I got the Total Eye Lift from our sponsor Clarence recently, and it is fantastic. It's a plant-based formula. It's fueled by ingredients of 94% natural origin. It has a combo of organic herangana extract and cassie flower wax, which gives a visible lifting and wrinkle smoothing effect. And it's packaged in a really nice, eco-friendly, airless bottle made of recycled glass. I'm a sucker for packaging, and this one is a good one. What I also really like about it is that it's an all-in-one. It does it all. It works on crow's feet, dark circles, and puffiness. It's also an anti-aging cream. You can take aim at a whole bunch of issues at once. I also have really sensitive eyes. I've talked about that before. And this one is suitable for all kinds of skin types, including us sensitive folks, even people who wear contacts. 80% of women who've tried it reported a visible eye lift in 60 seconds, and 86% noticed a visible difference in four weeks and visibly firmer skin. I can attest I've really noticed a difference as well. You can learn more about Total Eye Lift and other Clarence products at clarinsusa.com. That's C-L-A-R-I-N-S-U-S-A.com. 
All right, I'm excited to be chatting today with Cynthia Hayes. She's the author of The Big Ordeal, Coping with Cancer Emotions. And she and I are going to be chatting a little bit about toxic positivity, especially as it relates to physical illness, how to avoid it, how to make sure we are not doing it both to ourselves and to our friends. Cynthia, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. So talk to me about the phrase, at least. This is a phrase that I think many of us can default to when we're talking to a friend who's dealing with something big. Why is this the wrong way to start a sentence when we're trying to offer empathy to a friend? Well, I think the hardest thing about the phrase, at least, is that it diminishes the feelings that your friend might be having at that very moment. Um, it transfers the conversation back to you and whatever it is you're saying mm-hmm. without acknowledging what your friend may actually be experiencing. Yeah. And, and it diminishes that by saying, yeah, but it's not as big as, mm-hmm. um, it's it, by using that comparative statement, um, you t- detract from your friend's, uh, emotions and that can make your friend feel worse instead of better, even if that's not your intention. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I even notice that I do this with myself. I will oftentimes not feel my own feelings because I'll tell myself, well, at least, you know, even like with the COVID situation, like, well, at least you didn't lose your job, even though I'm struggling as a single mom with four kids at home or, you know, like I do this to myself a lot too. Yeah, I think we all do. And, and, in part, it's to sort of negotiate and manage our own feelings. Yeah. Um, because it, it often takes a lot of energy to feel what we're feeling. Yes. And so we put up defenses that mm-hmm. help us not feel those feelings. Unfortunately, when we don't allow ourselves to feel those feelings, they come out in other ways. They yeah. come out in anger in a inappropriate times mm-hmm. or uh, as depression mm-hmm. or uh, as uh, a, an under, underlying level of stress that uh, prevents us from getting on with our lives in other ways. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I think, I Check. think you're not alone. <laughs> uh, and so, to, you know, what is, we've heard this phrase toxic positivity, but gi- give us a good working definition of what this is. Well, I think that uh, toxic positivity is putting a um, a false positive on a situation that changes um, expectations um, around the true emotion. So, uh, you know, when we think about cancer, for instance, um, the whole, uh, you know, Think Pink October uh, has created such a positive energy around cancer, but in some ways it detracts from what people are actually feeling about a cancer diagnosis, which is, you know, uh, holy shit, I could die from this. Um, and so dealing with the, um, uh, the, the, the positivity that you may not be feeling, um, sort of forces that, uh, suppression of emotions. So mm-hmm. whenever, anyone imposes a uh, a positive uh, view on things that is not really uh, an authentic or genuine feeling um, that creates uh, a toxicity that uh, that then makes it harder to deal with absolutely it's if it does feel so dismissive and so we, you know when we are talking with friends who are going through health illnesses cancer um, even a covid diagnosis, you know, what are better ways to 
show empathy. Yeah, I think that that's the hardest part. And, and so many people want to be showing empathy. Um, but it, it's a challenge for them because it, uh, showing emp- empathy forces them to confront their own, uh, feelings about the same thing. Yes. So, um, you know, often we can't say, Oh, I'm so sorry that that stinks because it, forces us to acknowledge that, oh my God, that's a really scary thing that's mm-hmm. just happened to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what we really want to hear from a friend is that, that deep empathy and that, you know, that hug that we can't give at the moment without being masked. Um, and that, um, that love and understanding. Um, but, but in order for me to be able to give you that, I have to, for a moment, put myself in your shoes and therefore feel that mm-hmm. and um, to protect ourselves from feeling everything that we have to feel these days. Um, we often, you know, put up barriers and that's why, you know, we'll say something like, well, you know, at least you're healthy now, or at least mm-hmm. you're not in the hospital or at least this, at least that. And mm-hmm. it, um, it does really, uh, really detract from, from the uh, authentic expression of feelings. Yeah, absolutely. I I haven't had cancer, but I've had some other um, life experiences that I noticed people seemed to, as you said, not really want to identify too deeply because it could make it real. Um, you know, I had infertility and I had pregnancy loss, and then I went through a divorce. And I I feel like in all three of those situations there was this sort of dynamic, not with everyone, but with some people where it was like, they didn't really want to identify with me too much because they didn't want to think that they could lose a pregnancy, lose a marriage. And I wonder how that plays out with cancer. Well, I think that um, uh, fear of cancer is very high. Yeah. Um, You know, all of us uh, assume when we get a cancer diagnosis that it means we're going to die. And I think that 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 fear colors everyone's conversation around cancer. But it's tricky because cancer for, you know, for decades was a death sentence. And so we didn't, we didn't talk about cancer. You know, Mm -hmm. we all have, you know, uh, memories of, you know, great aunt Sally's who were diagnosed and and never told that they had cancer Mm -hmm. because it was such a negative thing. Uh But we also have a negative stigma around um, emotional health and mental health issues. And mm-hmm. um, those combined stigmas make it really, really hard for people to confront uh, uh, someone with a cancer diagnosis and to be able to say, oh, my God, you must be scared. Oh, that's mm-hmm. such a big thing to have to deal with. Um, and as a patient, which, of course, you want to hear is the empathy and then followed immediately one would hope with the offer to help. How mm-hmm. can I, how can I, what can I do to help you? Can I, um, you know, jump in and do this for you? Can I jump in and do that for you? Or can I give you a hug? That mm-hmm. must be a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, that, you know, as we said, you know, one's own fear of the diagnosis, one's own fear of the consequences of that diagnosis, you know, none of the treatments for, um, for cancer are particularly easy. No, <laughs> so, the, um, very and, unpleasant treatment protocols. Very, very yeah. unpleasant treatment protocols. And, and the, 
you know, from the time you're diagnosed until the time you um, can begin to relax, uh, mm -hmm. it's often um, quite a long uh, yes. stretch. You know, um, yeah. many times you hear that you have a diagnosis of cancer, but then you have to find a specialist to deal with that cancer. And then you have to have maybe a procedure to um, figure out, well, how bad is that cancer? And mm -hmm. then you have a treatment plan. And then you go through all of that treatment. Mm -hmm. And then you get another scan that says, okay, you're good. Um, mm -hmm. you still don't let down your guard, but you know, that, you know, from day one, you have cancer to, you know, day, whatever it is where, you know, you're good for now is such a long period of time. And you're mm -hmm. living with the stress and anxiety of that diagnosis at all times. Yeah. And that can make it particularly hard for someone to hear this toxic positivity because yeah, you've had to put on a brave front in order to get through all of that. And so you're probably not sharing all of your emotions with somebody who might be saying, oh, I'm sorry to hear about your diagnosis. You know, you're probably protecting yourself from the reality of what it is you're going through and therefore not able to share with somebody else mm. all that you're going through. So mm -hmm. it, it, it's this double layer of protection that makes it particularly um, tricky to have that conversation about real emotions. I would imagine that that also means that patients can feel really alienated and alone. Yes. In fact, um, feelings of isolation are, are one of the um, almost universal uh, emotions that uh, that cancer patients have to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard for us to imagine that anyone else could be experiencing what we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, anyone who is a patient um, – uh, is dealing with their own, you know, loving caregivers, whether it's, um, family or friends or whoever is, is, uh, supporting them. Um, but chances are, you know, as a patient, you are not, as I said, sharing everything with, uh, with others in your immediate circle. Yeah. But cancer patients all around the world are experiencing many, if not all of the same emotions, but we're not connected at the time that we need it most. Mm -hmm. um, and so we don't know that others are going through that. Uh, we don't know um, that, you know, everybody else is feeling as scared, as isolated, as anxious, as stressed and overwhelmed with all we have to learn in order to make the decisions we need in order to get on with our care. And it's um, one of the reasons why I wrote the book, The Big Ordeal, um, was because I was surprised that other people had these same feelings and that other people were going through these same sequences of emotions and everybody else also felt isolated. And so I'm just hoping to sort of raise awareness about the fact that everybody is experiencing the same uh, type of um, isolation, the same sense of, uh, oh my God, I could die from this, the same um, mm -hmm. uh, anxiety around how am I going to cope with this in the context of everything else that's going on in my life, and the same loss of a of, uh, sense of control over one's life. Um, yeah, I mean, I really, as a therapist, I really appreciated the way that your book really dived into the emotional toll um, and the mental toll um, of cancer. And I feel like it is obviously such a good read for anyone dealing with cancer, but this is like required reading for friends and family. Yes, it is required reading for friends and family. And I think that, you know, because we as patients are so protective of our own emotions, it makes it very hard for those around us to, to mm -hmm. really 
understand what we're going through. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, and, and those, uh, supporting family members, um, uh, are dealing with so much themselves. Um, you know, well, I like to say it's not quite a full on, um, uh, Ginger Rogers to Fred Astaire dancing, uh, backwards and in high heels. It's a really complicated process, mm-hmm. um, for a caregiver mm-hmm. to support a, a, a patient when you're in the same household. Yeah. If, if and you're I fear, fear you for my death, too. Yeah. you fear for my death. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and how do we as a household negotiate that? How do we, how do we figure out how are we going to pay the bills this month? Um, mm-hmm. if you can't work and I'm, I needed to take care of you. Yeah. How are we going to, you know, get the baby, you know, diapered and fed and, you know, off to daycare so that you can hang out in bed the rest of the day recovering from your surgery? You know, yeah. all of these practical things in addition to the financial things and the emotional things that we're going through um, in the process of, you know, physically dealing with cancer. I don't think we have quite enough conversations about all of that as a yeah. as a society. I th- I think you're right. Now we've got COVID compounding things. I had a relative go through cancer treatment in the past year and was really struck with how many of the things that we would have expected, a, you know, two years ago, which would be you, you could have a partner in with you while you're getting your, you know, your chemo drip or, um, you know, she, she really had to experience it so alone, both mentally and physically alone. Yeah. And I think that that's particularly hard right now with, yeah. uh, with cancer and COVID and, and COVID is problematic for a number of reasons. I mean, first of all, it's preventing a lot of regular yes. checkups and, yes, and care is. that would allow us to diagnose cancer in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. And then even um, people have reported that their cancer surgeries and their cancer treatments have been postponed mm-hmm. due to, you know, COVID, um, uh, you know, capacity constraints and whatnot. But then, yes, the idea of sitting there through your chemo drip or having your cancer surgery and not being able to have somebody there to support you is, is just you know, compounding the sense of isolation. Yes, it is unthinkable. The only positive side of COVID is that so much support has moved online right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are, you know, Zoom support groups and Zoom exercise classes and Zoom this and Zoom that. So that for those who are privileged enough to be able to have a computer, have a way of connecting to Zoom and to have actually been told about some type of online support, in some ways it's easier because you don't have to leave your home. You don't have to take, you know, a, uh, a three hour break from your day to get to a one hour support group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are some benefits. Um, but mostly I think it's, it's, uh, adding to everyone's stress right now that, yeah. um, one can't be you know, you can't have your hand held through your chemo. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of volunteer work at a couple of different hospitals in New York, um, uh, being a, a peer mentor to newly uh, diagnosed cancer patients. And it used to be that I would wander into uh, a chemo suite with a, you know, with a smile and a clipboard and say, you know, hi, I'm here. I know what you're going through. I had the same cancer you had, you know, I'm three years ahead of you, five years ahead of you, whatever it is. How can I help? What do you, Mm. what questions do you have? And let Mm -hmm. me, you know, let me tell you about my own experience. Now I'm making phone calls to many of um, the patients that I would otherwise have been seeing in the, in the chemo suite, 
but I can't hold her hand. I can't mm-hmm. give her a smile. And it takes so many conversations before we get to that same level of openness and compassion that we were able to establish within 10 or 15 minutes of a personal visit. Yeah. And, and I know that that's hurting. I know that that's not helping people feel well supported through a very scary time. Yeah. That's so difficult. I wanted to ask too about um, another phenomena I've seen when people are going through something difficult is the friends who are ready to fix it, ready with, have you heard about this essential oil? Or have you heard about this treatment? I, I think that that is another impulse that's probably in the umbrella of toxic positivity of like, I have something to share that I bet you haven't researched yourself. And then we're giving someone who probably spends all of their time researching advice that they've probably already heard in an effort to feel helpful. Yes, I think that's so true. And of course, you know, um, when we get a diagnosis as devastating as cancer or, or any you know, life-threatening disease, we put our hands, our, ourselves in the hands of experts. And, and part of what is so stressful about a diagnosis is figuring out, well, who do you trust and whose hands do you put yourself in? Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we are doing a lot of research if we are, you know, research minded. Um, <laughs> some of us, some of us a little too much, I think, but, um, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, once we have made the decision about our, um, our care team, we really want to trust that they know exactly what is best for us. And to have somebody coming in from left field saying, you know, oh, but this essential oil is going to cure your cancer. It's, um, again, sort of diminishing the, um, the patient because it is, it's detracting from their sense of, I have found the right caregivers for me. And so unless a patient mm. says, I'm not sure I've found the right solution or mm-hmm. I'm not happy with the solutions that I've found, it can really be, um, perceived negatively for someone to be offering unsolic- unsolicited advice. Yeah. Um, you know, not to mention the fact that a lot of times what's being offered is not, um, has not been tested, has not been, you know, put through clin- rigorous clinical trials, um, and it's not a, you know, a proven, um, remedy, but rather is, uh, you know, an anecdote. And I, I know that people were dealing with cancer, you know, thousands of years ago, and that some of the things that they came up with for treatments worked some of the times, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's going to work right. for me in this particular time. And yeah. therefore, it's not necessarily a helpful uh, piece of information for me. Yeah. So when we're supporting friends, we want to avoid the at least, we want to avoid the toxic positivity, we want to avoid the unsolicited medical advice. What are some practical things that we can do for our friends that really help. Yeah, I think the most important thing one can do, you know, again, in, in addition to offering that that hug from whatever safe distance one can, is to put yourself in your friend's shoes and understand his or her life enough to know what is important to her hmm. um, and what can I do to ensure that those important things still happen. So, you know, for somebody who is, um, a busy mother, um, obviously childcare is going to be an issue rather than saying, what can I do for you? Or, or, you know, let me know what I can do to help, which then puts the, the burden back on the patient. Make an offer. 
Can I take your kids on Saturday? We're going to the museum. Would your kids like to come? Can I bring over um, meals for you uh, next week? Can I, better still, arrange um, a, a meal drop-off for you mm-hmm. uh, amongst all of our friends so yeah. that everybody can pitch in? Um, can I mow the lawn for you? Can yeah. I get groceries for you? I mean, there, there are so many things about... Um, managing one's life that need to continue during uh, mm-hmm. any serious illness and um, much more helpful than saying, how can I help is to actually think through what would I need done if I were in this situation? What would my friend most value in mm-hmm. this situation and make an offer to do it? And I think to your point earlier, you know, cancer and many chronic illnesses can be such a marathon that also not just, you know, leaping in at diagnosis, but coming circling back around in three months and six months and nine months, when, you know, maybe some of the support has dropped off, but they're still very much in the thick of it. I think you raise a very important point, which is that, you know, cancer isn't over in an instant. And yeah. Um, even after you have had surgery and, you know, chemo or radiation or immunotherapy or whatever your treatment regimen uh, involves, even after all of that treatment is done, you're a long way from where you mm-hmm. were pre-diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And the, the physical recovery can take another, you know, six months, a year, 18 months even. Um, and then the emotional recovery can only really happen after that physical recovery. So it's, it's a long uphill slog to yeah. get back to, um, um, uh, to where you were. And you're so right. So many people do drop off. They're all, you know, in your face wanting to help in the early days and tend to forget uh, mm-hmm. or tend to assume, um, well, she's done with treatment. She's fine without realizing really the, the, the length of the tail, um, yeah. uh, wagging behind. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been so helpful. I think, you know, you've given us a lot of food for thought, not just for helping friends with cancer, but friends with any illness um, happening. Where can people find your book online? Um, the, the best place to find it um, right now is uh, thebigordeal.com, mm-hmm. uh, which is my website with lots of um, information and resources for people Um available there. Uh, the book will be on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere uh, starting February 23rd. Um, just look for The Big Ordeal. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kristen. This has been a pleasure. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at at Podcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at SelfiePodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care. Take care.